And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch. From growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Cooper Krause. will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Cooper, what's up? What's up, Matt? Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you as well. And before I introduce you and tell the Startup Hustle listeners who you are, I got to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software development team quickly and affordably. With us today, we have Fullscale's sales director, Cooper Krause. And we're going to talk about selling stuff today. How do you feel about that, Cooper? I love it. So my esteemed co-host, Master Watson, is on maternity leave and just had a beautiful baby boy. So congrats to Matt. But when when the mice, when the cat's away, the mice will play. Matt doesn't always enjoy talking about sales. So we figured this would be a perfect time to do a three-part series. Yeah. I love so, to be the sub in. Yeah, works out. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. So once again, I mentioned that Cooper is the sales director at Full Scale, which is also the sponsor of the show. But you know, we've got to spend quite a bit of time together talking about selling stuff, which is easily one of my favorite topics uh, in life. So, and and Cooper, you're pretty darn good at it too. So I, I think I we can it. drop a little knowledge here. Now, I mentioned that this is the first part of a three-part series. So for those of you that aren't, super sales people are familiar with it. Sales is a process which has several parts to it. And I have been wanting to do something like this for a really long time. So I'm pretty excited. But before we can ever sell something, we got to find people to sell stuff to, right? Yep. Got to go dig up. And you know, that's now, while that sounds easy for some people, <laughs> Uh, it's not always as easy for others. And, you know, there is a separate, there's a separate series that we've done startup hustle related to digital strategy, which is a little more marketing related. Um, and you know, some of the different ways that salespeople or sales organization gets, get leads or people to sell through is through different forms of marketing, uh, digital strategy, paid advertisement, all that stuff, which is not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about creating your own success through prospecting. The most, one of the most simple ideas, but people actually executing on it and sticking to that rigorous schedule is a whole different ballgame. Yeah. And then, you know, you mentioned that. So, Okay, salespeople love selling stuff. They usually don't like prospecting. I mean, they really don't. I, I and, and now that said, every single high-performing, highly compensated, maybe at this point wealthy salesperson that I've ever known was brilliant at prospecting. Mm -hmm. They just accept it as and, the, it's one of those things you just have to accept as like this is this is the baseline activity for being really, really good and successful at sales. Got to go do it. 
So as, as I hired Cooper to be our sales director, it became very apparent to me that he was an active prospector. And some of that stuff was what we had talked about as, you know, prior to him joining the company and having, you know, considering myself to be a top salesperson and prospector for business, um, I realized how important that is. Uh, I mentioned that salespeople like selling stuff, but aren't very good at prospecting. So I think first, like, let's, let's give a little background on like what actual prospecting is now. The definition of prospecting for a lot of people was be compared to someone that was out looking for gold. Yeah. I'm prospect I'm prospecting for the next mine where I'm gonna dig. Yeah. Yeah. Why was that important? Because digging a hole where there wasn't gold was a really, really big waste of time that didn't result in riches. Now you consider prospecting to be a bit of a sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of see it as a contact sport. You you have to touch as many people as possible as many times as you can up to the brink of remaining professional and having professional communication. But you have to touch them quite a few times before they'll really consider having a legitimate business conversation with you, especially if they've never heard of you before. So it might depend on your starting point in terms of what company you work for. Um, but you just have to accept the fact that you're, you're going to be touching people quite a few times before they ever give you time of day. Yeah. And you know, if you hang out with me long enough, you're going to hear me use the phrase activity breeds sales. Mm. Um, you know, if you're active and, and, and for those of you that have gotten deep into our content in the past, I actually have a, I have a prospecting system. I refer to it as 10, eight, four, two, one. I think I've you heard it times. You, you got to find 10 people. Only eight will even acknowledge you are alive. Four will listen to what you have to say. Two might be interested in buying what you have to sell. And you're hoping that one actually does. You know, it's and funny. that much like you mentioned with a, yeah, with a contact sport, that's activity. And, and so if you have that formula, you need to figure out how to not only find 10 people, but how to find a whole lot of them. So what, what are some of your tips when it comes to uh, prospecting as a contact sport? Like, what's your formula? Again, I think it depends on, it depends on who you're trying to sell to and, and what you're selling. But I think first and foremost is time blocking for specific types of prospecting and prospecting activities. So I think sometimes sales reps convolute all prospecting activities as, as one category. But if you're gonna if you're gonna make phone calls, that's all you should do for say an hour. Just make phone calls. If you're gonna do email prospecting, just do email prospecting. And whenever you're doing research on who your prospects are, what their contact information is, how to get a hold of them, that's a separate activity. I think a lot of sales reps, including myself early in my career, were guilty of trying to uh, find out the person's contact information, give them a call, and then shoot them an email, and then log that activity in your CRM. Doing all that at once, that I mean, that activity, that one activity is going to take you 15 minutes, and so now it's been 15 minutes, and you've only made one call. Whereas if you dedicate dedicate time blocks you can run through 30 calls in 45 minutes and worry about the emails and the logging afterwards 
So yeah, what's a phone call? What's a phone call? Do people still use phones? They do. Yeah, they'll they'll pick up if you call or if you call early enough or late enough before their uh, gatekeepers are in the way. Well, you've actually got kind of an interesting approach to that, which was one of the things I, uh, you know, got my attention when it came to you. And you, you actually try to call people before they get to work, right? Yeah. So early in my career, I had a, a mentor that taught me a rule. Uh, he called it eight before eight and five after five. So, you know, if you're doing your job right as a salesperson, you're planning your next day at the end of the current day. And so you, when you wake up in the morning, you already know what you're going to do. And so with that, it gets really easy to decide, okay, tomorrow morning, whenever I get to the office at 730, I'm going to make eight phone calls to eight highly targeted people before eight o'clock because that's before they're buried in whatever they're doing for the day and or it's before their assistant or gatekeeper is there to get in the way of that phone call. And then you, you apply that. So, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned the gatekeeper and that's, so one of the hardest parts about, uh, about being a salesperson is getting yourself, your message heard by people that make the actual decision. Yeah. And the, you, you mentioned the gatekeeper. So, and, and why calling before that person's there matters or with that, or even sidestepping that. Mm -hmm. So if you work at, at the full scale office, good luck calling the company line and getting me on it ever, like <laughs> right. ever, like, right. cause I've trained everyone. I'm like, no, take a message. Don't, like, don't, don't put it through, do whatever. Cause here's the thing. If you don't have my cell phone number, I, I probably, then I'm, you're, uh, probably not someone I need to talk to right then. Right. Probably not going to buy from the person who doesn't have your cell phone number. And, and you know, and there, there's, but that's because 99 people that might call are, uh, they're usually, they, they see, they've, they've got some goofy list that says I'm the owner of the company and someone loaded up that list and said, all right, guys, burn up the phone lines. Now, yeah. I am not a huge recipient and buyer from a cold call, but some people are. Yeah. Some people are. Isn't that, it's so unfair of, of me and you as being people who feel like good salespeople. And then we get cold calls and we're like, mm, no, this, this is not, yeah. I really should entertain them more since I make them so often. So no one hates salespeople more than other salespeople, but occasionally I run into people I love. And, uh, you know, I, I literally have, I, I have purchased so many things, uh, and we'll talk about this in a later episode, but, you know, salespeople in general are so terrible at asking people to buy something. And it's such a pet peeve and it happens so rarely, which is like pretty much the most important part is like asking someone to buy something. Uh, they're so bad at it that when someone actually does, sometimes I'm like, wait, what you ask? Yes, I would love to buy that. And I'm like, yeah. I don't even need it. I'm just like, so taken back by the fact that someone finally figured out one of the most basic parts of the sales process. So, okay. So, you know, some of the things you mentioned, uh, well, first off, I really have a strong appreciation and want to really recommend that anybody that wants to be a top salesperson that always have a plan. And in your case, you talk about having a plan the day before. Um, yeah. Look, if you know, there's a zillion goofy sayings and phrases, if you don't have a plan, you plan to fail and stuff like <laughs> that, but they're true and they exist for a reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of this is, and, and some of the things that Cooper mentioned were, you know, the difference between like a sniper and a shotgun, 
And, you know, there are certain things like, like an email blast that goes out to 3000 people. Hey, that's a shotgun, a targeted, a targeted cold call that, or, or any call that goes straight to a decision maker or someone that might be on a relevant team of buying decision, or maybe in our case, like we love to talk to chief technology officers. Yeah. Right. And so a, a, a sniper type, a targeted approach with that was, okay, we're not just calling the company's 800 number. Here is some information that takes us straight to that person it's targeted it's exact it has a bullseye on it get me in front of the people that make the decision or someone who can influence that so you know it's a completely different approach how do you how do you what what's your plan for either or so i'll first i'll just say i don't even actually i'm getting a little bit removed from the term cold call. I don't even think those actually exist anymore if you're doing your job right as a salesperson. Meaning the recipient, yeah, it'll probably feel a little bit like a cold call, but it's not a true cold call on our side because we're doing, if if you're doing your job right with LinkedIn and the tools that all salespeople have now, you can pretty well determine who you should be spending your time reaching out to and who you can actually help. So for example, like my first sales job selling insurance, I mean, it was quite literally a stack of paper with names and numbers and addresses. That was, they they dropped it on my desk day one. They're like, let's see what you can do with no context. And and what we're selling and and what we're, how we're helping companies and how a lot of other B2B organizations are set up, they can really make those phone calls really warm, really quickly if they're doing their, their due diligence prior to the phone call. So, um, I, I think we shouldn't be as scared of cold calling as we used to be. Yeah. And I agree. And, you know, now I'm personally not a huge cold caller, but I, I realized that there are like 800 different ways that I can reach you like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, telephones, emails, yeah. uh, smoke signals, <laughs> uh, you know, carrier yeah. pigeons. I mean, there's, but the, and, and you got, if you really are trying to reach someone, you got to try them all. And now you mentioned before, like, okay, don't try all six in five minutes. Cause that can turn people off. You know, I'm like, what the hell? I have a few pet peeves when it comes to prospecting. Um, and I think not, not a lot of people observe this. So, I have 23,000 connections on LinkedIn. And, and with that, a lot of people have access to me. I mm-hmm. get, oh God, 10 to 20 uh, a, a connection requests a day. And oh. I will remove that connection if the result of me accepting your request involves you soliciting me within minutes after that connection occurring. Right. I, and so now that said, and it's also about how you do it. Like if it just seems like robotic spam bullshit, you're done, you're over. Like, and, and the other thing that really drives me crazy is, is when, so I consider my time to be valuable. And I feel like a lot of salespeople, like you mentioned due diligence, like do five minutes. I mean, or research. Yeah. Like, I mean, moments and, and, and then the next thing that really bugs me, and this is on a phone call especially, is you have to have a reason to call. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
have a reason to call people like, Hey, I just, so how, how's it going? <laughs> uh, it was uh, cool. great. I, it was great. You know, Ooh. I was doing some really cool shit and having a great time doing a bunch of other stuff before you called. What's up? And interrupted my day. Yeah. And, and you know that you got to have a reason. Now I have learned now these are related to follow-up calls with people you've may have already spoke to, but there's a built-in reason. I have a reason to call almost every time. I refer to it as the clarification call. Okay. And like I said, this isn't for cold. This is still a form of prospecting, but hey, or or it could be maybe you sent some information through another channel. Hey, Cooper, I just wanted to call. I sent you some information about the services that FullScale offers. I wanted to see if there was anything I could clarify or any questions you might have about what I sent. So couple, is, is there anything I could help with? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. Um, so that was how I closed my first deal at full scale with that phone, with that method. I mean, so I mean, it worked. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. I mean, that was, you gotta have a reason. You gotta have a reason. I sent a few emails and followed up on those emails. So, you know, if you're wondering, Find a reason, have a reason, but don't call without a reason because that'll drive people nuts. Another thing is be exact, you know, uh, and, and it depends on what you're selling. But if you have people that are decision makers and they're busy, they are probably type A people and they just want you to get right down to it. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't, don't take 12 minutes to make your point. Well, you want to make it 12 minutes with me, you know, because I literally say, what exactly can I help you with? Yep. Right now. You know, so get right into the point. And there's there's something that will get get a prospect to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand. Cooper, do you know what the world's most popular radio station is by chance? Do you know the world's most popular radio radio? Station. This is a tr- this is a trick question. This is a trick question. OK, it I'm, is. What, what, what is it? It's actually W.I.I.F.M. Okay. And that's, and that's the call signal of what's in it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had heard that before. And it is the most popular radio station. It's <laughs> what everybody is dialed and tuned into. Yeah. So, and, and you know, so you need to get into that. What's in it for me? Help hey, Cooper, I wanted, I, I, I wanted, I, I think I can save your business a significant amount of money on software development. You got a couple minutes to talk about that. Right. And if you're, anybody tied tied even remotely to cost control you're that's going to perk you up a little bit it's going to get my attention yeah. so you know uh, i've written three books and i've had the same editor for each time this is a dude patrick price up in brooklyn hey patrick who has been the editor of a dozen and a half new york times bestsellers he knows what he's doing but he taught me one thing through it, right writing these books he goes you have to lead with a need Hmm. The same thing goes for delivering sales and marketing messages. So maybe another example, Cooper, I saw your company's posted a lot of job listings lately. I think I can help you fill some of those. You got a minute to talk about it? Yep. There's your need. I lead with it. The worst thing thing is, hey, hi, my name is Matt DeCourcy, and I just wanted to reach out and take a couple minutes to tell you blah, 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 blah. That's what I hear. That, Why, point, right? that, that is a big mistake a lot of people make too is they get, hop on the phone and they say hey i just wanted to tell you about full scale real quick it's like wait i but i didn't ask what is that i didn't ask what you. is that 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we mentioned that there's different types of prospecting. We were talking about reaching out and doing a lot of other stuff. Um, you know, there's, there, I want to talk about a couple pet peeves that drive me crazy. So, you know, email marketing and email outreach are such a, such a, a popular and important part of so much, so much outbound marketing. Yeah. And, people make significant effort to get all these messages out. And then some of them are like so ridiculously and poorly formatted. Mm. You will lose my attention right away. So, you know, and Cooper's contact sport list, he talks about brand awareness. Now, if you don't have any brand awareness, now you're, you're really in the business of credibility creation. Yeah. And, you know, like you mentioned, like, Hey, Hey, that's Matt from full scale. Hey, what's full scale. Never heard of it. Yep. All right. Now you might think your brand is strong and okay. Are you Nike? Are you Coca-Cola? <laughs> right. Are you, are you Google? Cause uh, the list is getting short for universally recognizable brands. Well, so, and, that's, and that's even an opportunity to maybe even, you know, there's that whole kind of takeaway method in sales where you, you know, there's a very low chance that if you've got, if you're a startup and you're calling on a new market, there's a low chance they've ever heard of your company. So you address that nail on the head so they can't even say i don't know who you are you can address that hey this is cooper's full scale you probably haven't heard of us so on and so forth i mean they can't say it to you you've already said it to them yeah and you know part of that too is like what are what what is it about what you're selling or your business or yourself that makes you credible because you might want to lead with that need as well like that's a good place to start like hey cooper it's uh, my name is matt decorse and with full scale we have a couple hundred software developers in our office in the philippines i'd love to talk about providing you with some services so i you can tell i took that same message and i structured it a little bit differently because now what you hear is oh well this company has a couple hundred programmers on some days they might be doing a couple things right which is different than like, I mean, if I, that would maybe get my attention, it would have a little more credibility or different stuff. So I don't know. And then, you know, from a personal perspective too, like, I don't know, like what's credible about you? Why? And you know, why do I want to talk to you? You Mm -hmm. You're a sales director at a very fast growing company. Like that's way different than like, hi, this is John. And I make a thousand calls a day and I'd love to set an appointment up to do stuff like <laughs> yeah done. so well, and we, all right. we won't get too far into this but you you guys made it really easy for us to call with a reason and a good story and so it's it's really easy to get prospects attention well what story is that let's uh, we can go ahead and tell it i mean if you listen to the show you're probably aware of watson and matt watson and matt decorsey's story but go ahead yeah i mean the the pitch i guess you can call it, it usually goes a little something like for the past 15 years our founders have built and sold tech companies while using remote development teams to scale and control costs throughout that time they ran into three problems with their software development partners poor communication scheduling conflicts and the kind of ineffective output of the shared resource model so they tore pages out of their own playbook and created full scale as well as a new category in tech services that we've dubbed guided development, which eliminates those concerns. I mean, so for those of you listening right there, that was, and first off, thank you for making that short and sweet. Yeah. Targeted. I refer to this as fact shaping. 
Um, and I, and it sounds weird to some people They're like, what do you mean? Like fake news? I'm like, no, there are literally an infinite number of ways that you can say anything. And that means that some of them mathematically have to be better than others. And I spend a significant amount of time shaping the facts in a way that is short, it's concise, it's targeted. And I also am a, I really spend time thinking about there are valuable words. Okay. Like benefit, benefit. And, you know, when people are talking or, or, or trying to gain credibility with a prospect, they often will talk about features of a product or a service, (laughs) but really all the buyer cares about are the benefits. Yeah. So terms like benefit value, what I now words that are no good, cheap. I hate the word cheap. Yeah. It's not cheap. It's affordable, affordable. Yeah. Right. So, you know, some of that as you're prospecting for sales, give some thought to the way you're presenting it. Cause, okay. We mentioned, you know, full scale helps companies save money on software development. Okay. We provide affordable, quick and affordable options. Yeah. And those, those are powerful words because we're not, it's not cheap. Cheap indicates like something that's junk that's going to break quickly and is, oh, it's crap, right? Affordable, affordable or offering value. Uh, there's a, I'd love to tell you about how some of our clients benefit from our affordable services, you know, just different stuff like that. And these things matter. So if you want to, if you want to become an effective prospector, remember that if you get someone that is actually listening, you're now in the business of creating credibility, both for yourself and for your company. And the way to do that is through, well, it isn't through battling, you know, keep it short, keep it sweet. You know, they say, what do they say? uh, Telling ain't selling. Yeah. I mean, get to a, get to a quick no, if that's what it's going to be. And so don't, don't sell a bunch up front, give them a little bit. And if they're interested, then, keep going. And if not, move on. So that that's, and thank you for throwing that up near the rim, Cooper, because, you know, I, I've seen so many salespeople and sometimes it's just a product of finally being excited that someone's listening to yeah. what you're saying. But look, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole purpose of prospecting is to qualify or disqualify that prospect as a buyer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have, there are a couple four letter words that I love when it comes to sales. The first one is sold mm-hmm. the, and then next. Next is a powerful four letter word to get you to the most important four letter word in sales, which is sold or right. sale. Yeah. And if you don't do either correctly, there is a different four letter word that starts with an F that you will <laughs> probably hear coming out of your mouth. But, uh-huh. you know, so, you, you know, you're you have to look at, at your activity and prospecting and sales as you, you're almost like a factory. Right. You are. You, remember the original reference of looking for gold. It, you could have the most amazing mining equipment. You could have a a remarkable crew, but if you're digging on top of ground that has zero gold in it, guess how much gold you're going to find at the end of the day? The Not answer is zero. Right. So, you know, I say next, there's some people who just talk to anybody. 
and you get a lot of people that'll listen and they'll go on and on and on and on and on. But your purpose of prospecting is to try to qualify customers. And now we're going to, the next part of our series is actually going to be focused on this. We're talking about sales discovery and qualification of, mm -hmm. of buyers and different stuff, but you want to try to quickly get to the, get to the simple you know, results of, is this person a potential buyer for what I'm selling? Because if, if they aren't, you are officially just having a conversation about selling stuff. You are not going to sell something. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, this may seem a little, a little harsh, but I, I would suggest that the people are, that are realizing that the prospect that they're talking to is probably not the right fit as a client, those are the salespeople that are probably not highly successful and, or don't actually want to be selling. Well, but that, but the point is, is it, kind of like you said, is, is if you look at yourself on an output level, you are now burning time where you could be moving along. What's and, your time worth? Yeah. Well, it, not much. If you're a salesperson and you're talking to poorly qualified prospects yeah. and you know, so some of the things when it comes to that, that you can consider some very, you know, like I said, we're going to in the second part of this. So the, the next part of the series is going to be about sales discovery, which is basically qualification. And then we're going to talk about actually closing sales. And, you know, that's why we need three parts here, because mm -hmm. I think the sales process can be pretty simple, man. And like you look at what we're talking about, talk to a lot of people, talk to a lot of people, but you need to ask yourself quickly, is this person a, a potential buyer? Is this someone, is this a decision maker? Is this someone that could benefit or is interested in what I'm selling? And if the answers are no to those next. Yep. And that's okay. Next. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And there you're, you're going to get a much more, uh, you're, you're going to get a lot more reception to your outreach. If you're not calling, feeling like you need that person's business. Like if they can feel that where you're just, you're, yep. you're a little bit edgy and you're antsy and you're just like, like you said, so happy that somebody even picked up the phone. You need to act like every single person you call is picking your phone up. And this is just another phone call because people can smell that a mile. Away. Smile and dial. Yeah. Smile and dial. <laughs> That's, it reminds me of Wolf and Wall, Wall Street is throwing that stack of hey, smile and dial. But you know, I think you have a good point too, and that, and part of that is is uh, okay. I when it comes to prospecting now, on I used to manage a chain of retail stores, and I and sometimes they would be slow, and I noticed that the slower things got, the closer the salespeople got to the front door, almost like a ravenous pack of hungry dogs. That is hilarious. And I can't, I can't tell you how many times I had to tell people, I'm like, get away from the door. Like let someone come, <laughs> let someone come in, breathe, realize that they're not about to get attacked by a pack of hungry dogs and, you know, like acclimate. And then, you know, you want to introduce yourself to someone. Now, um, this is difficult to do over the phone and the internet, but I have spent a significant amount of time studying personality styles. And there is a different approach that you're going to have to different kinds of people. Um, if you are dealing with someone that, is, well, you can make some assumptions based on careers, 
Yeah. Um, certain certain positions and jobs in the world uh, have more analytical people, which are typically a little more introverted and type B. Yeah. They don't want to hear you come up and go, hey, I, I'd really love to sell you something, Cooper. Blah, 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 blah. It yeah. just scares the shit out. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, on the flip side, if you have someone that's a little more type A, they don't want to they don't want to hear you take 10 minutes to get down to it. Yeah. I want to just, hey, what does this do for me? What's the benefit? What's the bottom line? So, you know, when you do actually, when your prospecting does actually result in talking to someone and we'll get a little deeper into this in the sales discovery part, but you know, you can scare your prospect away. Kind of like Cooper said, it's like, Hey man, I just, look, I really got to sell something. Yeah. 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 By the way, that's one way to never sell shit is to make the sale about you. Oh yeah. Well, and this will probably, this line will probably come up in the rest of the series. And I know our sales team at full scale will hear it forever. It's a, there's a, there's a book called let's get real or let's not play by a guy named uh, Mahan Khalsa. It's an awesome sales book. And there's one line in there. Um, and I say it all the time. It's clients would rather do business with people who don't need their business. Yep. And it's like, ever since I heard that, I mean, I'm like, Oh, I mean, it, it got really easy to uh, go back to that disqualification piece. Like you just, you don't need any one person's business and that's okay. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes and that's one of the, one of the things at full scale, I mean, we turn down clients. Uh, if it's not a good fit, if we don't think we can help you, then I'm not doing you any favors by taking you on as a client. Yeah. In you, fact, I'm going to make life miserable for you and I. You mentioned that a couple of times during our conversations as I was joining. Um, like, Hey, we've got people. Well, and, doesn't make sense. Well, part of that was me preparing you for the fact that you might actually find a prospect that wants to buy something and I'm going to tell you now. Right, right. And, you know, that's and that's difficult, but it's a numbers game. It's back to a numbers game. So, you know, when it comes to prospecting and I'll compare this, everyone knows someone, whether it was male or female, probably male, that used to go out to the bar and was a very good prospector. Because they would talk to enough men or women until them. they finally, and until they finally had qualified a prospect, and you know, like, and I'm not trying to like take this in an ominous way, but everyone knows that person. I'm just saying, it could have been a friend. It wasn't me, right? But, but you know, that was the whole thing. It's like you know, but that that was that was the most rudimentary version. By the way, if you know that person and they're available, you might want to hire them as a salesperson because they're probably pretty damn good at prospecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but but that was a numbers game and they were maybe hoping it became a contact sport after that. But <laughs> uh, I, love, I knew where that was going. That was great. So, but it's true. And I think it's a, it's a reasonable example, you know? So now if I'm prospecting and I'm reaching out to a lot of people, I'm going to hear the word no a lot, right? Yeah, about ninety five percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. D yeah. D shouldn't shouldn't that just result in me thinking or saying next and move on? It should. Yeah, that's got to be the mindset. Like if you if you're a salesperson and you take no personally, you've got the whole thing wrong. Like that. You that, shouldn't be a sale. You shouldn't be a salesperson then. That no had nothing to do with you. Yep. Like. Uh, now, yeah. Now I, I've heard so many people say. Oh, that per that's a natural salesperson. That person's a real talker. Uh, people that I know that are the best at selling are usually pretty good at listening. Yeah, they usually know when to shut up. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're going to, we'll get all into that in the closing episode and we'll save that for stuff. So you mentioned another, a, a book that uh, you, you would like now, another one, you know, fanatic, fanatical prospecting, which mm. I own on audible. Oh yeah. Uh, Je- Jeb Blount. And, you know, like, and so I'm sitting here, well, why am I listening to books about prospecting? I, dude, I keep my tools sharp. I always want to listen to stuff. I always want to figure it out. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and you can check that out. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible, a lot of different stuff. But Jeb lays out a whole lot of rules that, you know, basically like, hey, like the prospecting you do in a 30-day period is going to pay off sometime in the next 90 days. Or, and that's that activity that breeds sales. Like, the inverse, you, if you, right? Pardon? Or, or, or the inverse, right? Yeah. Like your, well, your, lack of, your lack of prospecting in these 30 days, you're going to have nothing correct. in the pipeline in three months. Correct. Correct. So, you know, what, one of the things that Cooper talked about when it came to prospecting was, you know, hey, look, I, I, I want your business. I'm not going to do backflips for it. I'm not desperate for it, which is okay. Because look, if the buyers make the decisions when they make buyers. I hate it when people are like, oh, you're not going to push me into buying shit. It's not going to happen. I'm going to buy it when I want to buy it. And actually, if you push me, I'm probably going to just be like, dude, get out of here. Get out of here. I got other stuff to do. So, you know, I, with when, when prospecting, you need to think of yourself as a farmer. And you're in the middle of the field. You're just throwing seeds everywhere, man. Throw them everywhere. Throw them, throw them up. Throw them down. Throw them sideways. Throw them everywhere. And much like that, you talk, okay, so the, but see, the seeds don't grow right away, do they? They're not like, I mean, you don't throw seeds in the dirt and then pick tomatoes later that day, right? Slow growing. Yeah. And depending, you know, every type of, of every sale is, well, unless you like in some things, like if you work at AT&T at the AT&T store, people walk through the door and buy shit every day. That's not that you don't do a whole lot of prospecting. That's there, the right? highest inbound lead ever known. Yeah. And that, you know, that is what it is. I mean, that's, that's a different thing, but like in the, at full scale, like we, I, I plant seeds. I've been planting seeds for years and you've seen it because, yeah. you know, we've had some people that have recently become clients and I'm like, dude, I talked to that guy 11 months ago. Right. And well, what'd you guys talk about? Well, I mean, I, I told him how we could help and he said he wasn't necessarily ready, but he'd keep us in mind later. And because I did a professional job and, and presented the company well and, mm-hmm. and showed value and may, who knows, sometimes these people kind of watch you from afar. Maybe they listen to your podcast, who knows? And when they're ready, they will, they'll come back. Yeah. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't ask people to buy something. Uh, it, it, I've been real adamant about that. In a couple of sales, sales roles I've had as sales managers, we've actually kind of like, as we would talk to each other, we would practice asking for the sale to the point that it would be like, and by the way, Cooper, since you're here on the podcast with me, are you interested in buying any software development services? Yeah, I suppose I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's like, like I said, it's like that practice of doing stuff, but yeah, yeah I mean, and that, you know, the seed planting, don't be afraid to ask for people's business, you know, in the end and whatever, you know, what that's at. But I think where we can kind of wrap up when it comes to, to prospecting, which is a good, a good segue into the next episode, which will be about sales discovery is you got to ask you, with prospecting, you lead with that need. What, it, what, what does your business need to sell more, spend less, or for you to maybe have a little more peace of mind? Yeah. 
And though, I mean, those are, those are the type of, of questions during prospecting that will yield results. They will put your seeds adequately in the ground. They will put some water on them mm-hmm. and it will be prepared to grow, but you have to be ready to listen for the answers. And, you know, like we're going to get into a little more of that on the next part of the series, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, overall, like, if you want to be a top salesperson, if you want to employ top salespeople, if you want to change your failing sales cycle or organization, uh, you're going to have to start with getting pretty damn good at prospecting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 100%. Like it or not. Okay, so we normally end episodes of Startup Hustle with Founders Freestyle, but that's it's not going to happen today. So we're going to have the prospectors freestyle. Um, how do you want to end this episode when it comes, what do you have to, what would you like to resolve, clear up or demonstrate during your freestyle Cooper? Interesting. Um, there was, there was one thing I wanted to, to touch back on. And then one thing that we didn't cover yet, um, Lay it on me. one, you talked about how you approach certain personality types and, who depending on the personality type then it kind of dictates the way that you communicate with them so something that i've always done is what i kind of call a just a quick heat check and so right after i introduce myself i always ask them how they're doing not because i'm expecting a huge response but it tells me one of two things because they're either they're either going to say good and nothing else and that tells me they're not thrilled to be getting that phone call or they're going to say, hey, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. How are you? And then that lets me know, okay, I can take a little bit more time with this person and they're going to be open to a conversation. Whereas if somebody's like, I'm good. Thanks for asking. What can I do for you? Or whatever that response is. And that lets me know, all right, I need to let him or her know in the next 25 to 30 seconds, everything that they would possibly need to know as to why this conversation should move forward. So that kind of how are you doing or just any type of question that lets you gauge, all right, what's this conversation going to be like and how do I need to push it forward? By the way, when I'm asked that, I almost always say I'm excellent, but improving. I'm excellent and improving. And I do that on purpose because I know it because if they blow right through that, Oh, okay. 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 Now you're like reading the script. It wasn't a real question. There was no genuine, you really didn't give a shit. You just said it. Yeah, um, that's the people awful. that kind of ch- the people that kind of chuckle or say you know kind of react to it because it's not a normal response. It throws yeah. people off, kind of kind of like me asking you for the freestyle here. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, but you know, and that and if people kind of just blow right through that, I'm like, oh, okay, so you really don't yeah. shit. Yeah. Well, and all right, you got you got one more piece. What do you have? Uh, the analysis paralysis mm. for prospecting. We talked about research a little bit. Should I call? Should I call? Should I reach out to this place? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just do it. Do it. See what happens. You like the, 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 the analysis piece of prospecting is literally finding out what their core service is and who you need to talk to. You don't need to know a a really in-depth technical understanding of what they're doing. That's what the phone call is for. That's what the relationship is for. You just need to take a few minutes to where you make a phone call and you just, you never want to be in a position where you get asked, Oh, thanks for calling. What, what do we do? Why are you calling us? What do we do? Cause I've had that happen to me. 
And you just, you, you have to be able to answer that. Well, I mentioned earlier having that reason to call the thing, you know, this happens to me like all the time. Hi, I, this is so-and-so. Uh, I work for a company that provides software development services. I was hoping to talk to you about selling you some, some Python developers. And, I'm, and I literally will reply, I'll be like, did you take two seconds right. to even look at the fact that I'm your competitor? <laughs> yep. I mean, that's like, I, you know, they don't really give a shit because they're spamming it or doing something, but yeah, I don't think there's a lot. There's no, yeah, there's no level. So, okay. So to, to round this out, once again, today's episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. Check us out on the gram at Startup Hustle Podcast, um, where you can probably find a video of me shooting someone with a Supreme money gun because those are there somewhere. Yes, those happen. Right. Now, I need to see that. There's plenty, trust me. So uh, now we've been we've been in quarantine. So I I don't have a money gun that has that kind of range, but I'm working on it. Uh, Okay, look, when it comes to prospecting, if you're not good at it, you need to figure out how to get good at it. You need to do it. It's not it it doesn't feel fun at first Mm -hmm. until you finally make the connection. That's how you get paid, man. It's how you make money. It's how you do stuff. Sales operates in a currency of exactly that, sales. If you want to be good at sales, you got to get over the nose. Look, move on. Okay, cool. No big deal. You you did me a favor by telling me no, because now I can say next and I can move on down the line. Now, Mm -hmm. for startup people, we hear the term fail fast. Fail fast in prospecting. Get right through it. Not interested. See you later. All right. Not interested. Not interested. Okay. You have to keep in mind that the more you reach out, the more you try, the more you talk, the more your percentage of, of, of success goes up. It's that simple. It's like, just go out and try it. And remember the no isn't a personal thing. It, it, it's not the end of the world. And it, I train myself to think a little differently. I'm like, you know, okay, first off, I decided making money was my hobby like 15 years ago. I haven't worked a single day since that. Right. And, you know, so the same thing, like you did me a favor by saying no. You just moved me on down the line. Thank you. You know, like I'm not interested. Uh, Great. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. You know, you're like, wait, wait, what do you mean? You're supposed to be shitty with me about that. <laughs> no, I'm not. You actually did me a huge favor. I'm going yeah, I'm going on to the next one. Got some time back. You know, so it, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, if you're not selling or your business isn't selling the way you want it to, it is probably a problem with prospecting. Um, the greatest part about sales, especially commission-based sales, is you have, unless your commission structure is capped, you have unlimited income and nothing will move you up faster, put more money in your bank and do anything else. People are like, oh, I want to be a closer. Where are the closers? Bring me the fucking prospectors. Yep. Because they will line up enough people that, I mean, okay, even even bad salespeople, the blind squirrel finds an acorn. Yep. A, a broken clock is right twice a day. Like on some levels, if you change your mentality to be in the business of prospecting, the rest of the stuff can take care of itself. Now, yeah, you want to be good at discovery and closing and all that other stuff. But if you suck at prospecting, you're not even going to get a chance to do the next two. So. Yep. Anyway, thanks for joining us. I'm excited. I got a whole I got a whole lot of outreach to do now. How about you? Yeah. We got to go blow up the phone. All right, man. We'll get back to work. I'll see you next time. All right.
Thanks. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.